Welcome to the Awakening Podcast. You can find all our episodes on awakeningpodcast.org. We also have the speaking podcast and the meditation podcast, and all can be found on roycolin.com. Today, my guest is all the way from India, Wing Commander. His name is Sand, Sat Yandra Chow, but he goes by Winko Chow. Did I say that correctly? Oh, yes, quite, quite there, quite there. <laughs> so you might tell us about the nickname first. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. So actually, uh, you know, this nickname is uh, nothing but a usual norm in the services where Chauhans and Chaudhrys and people, anything to do with Chow and further become only Chow for uh, easy remembrance, easy to uh, pronounce, easy to execute. And Winko is the short form or you could call it acronym for Wing Commander. So uh, that generally, and this was my longest serving rank. So it is kind of stuck with me. And uh, I wake up and go to sleep with Vinko Chow. <laughs> okay, so you might tell uh, the audience about your kind of your uh, military journey, what age you started and the okay. training involved. All right. So, yes. Now, uh, thank you so very much for having me on your show. And uh, uh, it's, it's a real pleasure I never thought I would be speaking about my military journey, although I attribute everything to my life to my military journey, actually. Uh, that is uh, where, uh, like they say, you know, they make men out of boys. So that is where uh, I learned a lot of things. And uh, the journey, I wouldn't say was very smooth. It uh, it had all sort of challenges, you know, mm, mm, being thrown at me and uh quite a few were my own designs so uh nothing nothing to blame anybody there but yes uh, it did teach me everything that i am today you know i started out as a uh, college dropout and uh, i ended up being a postgraduate in and a masters in marketing management so it couldn't have been possible uh, had the service not, if not facilitated, at least not, you know, let me continue what I was pursuing. So uh, it, it all started way back. I come from a background of defense family. Uh, my grandfather was a freedom fighter and uh, my dad was in the Air Force. He was an Air Force What's officer. What's a freedom fighter for those that don't know? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking as if... Uh, every every country was born independent. <laughs> all right. So as you all know that uh, uh, we we were ruled for quite a long time by various people at different times, and the last one to be there were Brits. So and uh, they're still in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, actually, yes. So so uh, uh, my grandfather, as uh, a young man maybe in his teens, actually, you know, uh, decided to do some adventurous things out of that passion uh, for which we all live. And especially if it is related to the country and, uh, you know, stuff which is happening all around you. So he did participate in that movement in a small way, but he did contribute. And uh, he and his brother, his younger brother, both were part of this uh, movement. And uh, yes, then uh, he continued with his uh, profession. He was a farmer. He was in the agriculture. I come from a very humble background and uh, I have a lovely setting 
uh, along the river Ganga or Ganges as everybody knows it. So that is where I come from. And my dad also moved out, uh, did his basic studies, joined in the ranks, moved up and uh, became a commissioned officer. He was an administrative officer. And uh, I kind of followed suit, not, uh, not by choice, uh, of everyone, but like I said, my designs at the end of the day. And there I attribute a lot of things to the so-called ignorance that I had in terms of not knowing things which are very basics and very essential for all of us. And actually not only me, there are millions that uh, are not really aware of as how you should be taking your life. So I kept experimenting. And I dropped out of college and uh, was still working here and there. And when sudden, suddenly something uh, stuck my head and I said, okay, I was doing flying when I was in my college as a National Cadet Corps uh, cadet. So uh, I wanted to pursue that and uh, I applied for it. Uh, unfortunate part uh, for various reasons, especially the medical ones, I couldn't make it. And I continued in the ranks and life uh, kept te teaching me a lot of things. And uh, as I grew, I kept uh, doing my part in a bit, learning slowly. And it was at about pretty late, in, uh, so to say, at about 30 odd years, 34 years or so, when the, I call it awakening happened in terms of uh, my real powers are when I started believing in myself I had to shed all that disempowering belief and the mindset and I told myself from here on uh, you know I steer my own course and that is where things started to change I was in the ranks and I applied for commissioning and although I was already uh, uh, you know masters in marketing management and I wanted to leave service and try out my hand in the corporate but then I pursued and uh, then I started out with the air defense, went on to do a lot of security business in the Air Force, which is called the ground defense in a way. And then it was uh, administration. And my last stint was as chief admin officer of a very prestigious base in the northeastern part of India. So that is all about my journey. And my hung, I hung my uniform. And by then I had found my passion uh, into talking to people and wanting to share what I had learned. I had learned the difficult way. And that is how I uh, became a coach. I did my certification from uh, the ICF, which is, uh, so to say, the gold standards of the uh, council for you know, the coaches and the uh, coaches federation, basically. And, uh, um, and then uh, from then on, I have moved further. I've started a small company. Now I'm pursuing my goal of empowering people, uh, especially the youth, uh, to take on life, to understand what uh, is called the basic awareness, or if I may say, you know, the understanding which is very essential for living life, but somewhere is lying ignored. So that is my whole purpose now. And uh, slowly but steadily, I am, you know, moving ahead. And the graph does go like this, does stagnate, then go up. But it has not been a dip. So I think uh, I'm in the right hands <laughs> at the moment. And like with the training, because like like people would see the training from the US, you know, just from movies, okay. how they're screaming and abusing people and trying to condition them to basically obey. Is it the same in India? Okay, 
well uh, you know so to say like i said our lineage comes from the royal air force so <laughs> if it wouldn't be much uh, different it uh, would certainly be there how are things have changed you know and i think that is essential um, today only i i'm busy doing some curriculum for my online program so i was thinking of conditioning and uh, you know i started thinking of right from the time you go for your board that is interviews and then uh, once you selected you land up there and then you realize you know uh, for a lot of people i still remember uh, without naming anybody i remember one of uh, my friends who would landed up for the training with nice big suitcases and stuff like that uh, where whereas generally people are you know they come small baggage because you hardly require anything during your training and the first part that is done is that you are sent to the you know stylist <laughs> so and you get a nice hair dressing so that is to shed your first ego that you all look the same you actually forget how you actually look so <laughs> we all start looking the same so uh, there is there is bit of yelling uh, quite bit of yelling and that part which actually brings in the camaraderie if you may ask me you know if those difficult times are not given to you if uh, i do believe in some which way that yelling part like i said it uh, kind of breaks your ego so that uh, in the times to come when there is real need you are not, your emotions are not really turned on from small little things where you could think of detaching also so there is there is uh, quite a bit of uh, everything there everything and uh, that is where um, apparently that is how you know boys are turned into men <laughs> <laughs> so and uh, i, I you, hope i have answered that yeah no you no you have and although uh, things have changed now like i was yeah. saying roy the things have changed now and they are far too better uh with the the information boom and things uh you know breaking down walls uh between what is behind the walls and right here so there is uh, so much there that uh mm, people have started to understand and look beyond what was only stipulated you know like i keep saying management is a way of life and somebody smarter devised to or decided to put it in pen and paper so we also were kind of you know bogged down with oh this is what is written and this is how it should be done and okay don't start don't apply yourself i i still remember i was told by one of my seniors that officers don't justify but at the end of the day uh, as i grew uh, i started becoming a cause person than a symptom person because i said uh, there has to be something you know which needs to be addressed at the core level rather than addressing only the symptoms so that is happening uh, that has happened uh, in the training that has happened in your workplace uh, things are far too uh, democratic if i may see say than the military like uh, even in the military now and in india is uh, is there conscription do you have to sign up or is it all voluntary uh, uh, it is absolutely voluntary we we are very lucky to you know to be uh, touching big marks in terms of population so uh, we uh, we are a huge number and uh, slowly the numbers would be evident on the world map in terms of pandemic so <laughs> where where we uh we would show how that is our strength also so we we have this voluntary service but yes uh, we are expected to 
you know kind of do a term before you are eligible for your pension although you not signing a bond or a stuff like that other than certain uh, necessary um, attributes like you know you have to complete certain part of training and if you quit in between obviously the expenditures will have to be borne by you and stuff like that and uh, certain more things there but at the end of the day uh, it is very much voluntary and one can decide to quit any time that you want uh, yet uh, the way we are still psyched up and our belief system and mindset are still working that uh, we would like to be uh, resting assured you know for our lives that oh yes i would get a pension and i would have innovate as good also so so that is how it works here and like um what i have found with a lot of uh, military you know around the world they tend to be brilliant business people because their mindset, the way that they, you know, they've been trained, they're very systemized, which is very important in business. And like, I, I assume you have, it has benefited you for your business because you have even said you didn't have big dips. You know, you're, you're on track for Absolutely. what you're doing. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I really haven't thought about it in those terms. But yes, uh, like if you want to ask me, the there are a lot of uh, qualities or skills which you develop and uh, you know qualities you develop and skills you learn uh, whether it is you know in managing your day-to-day -day affairs in the military itself you have establishments which are related to certain part of commerce you have establishments which are related to training you have establishments which are uh, you know related to your uh, routine administration and organizing stuff it could be as simple as managing a small little party which is an event so uh, like I was very lucky. As a matter of fact, when I look back, I say uh, everything that people thought would be a threat actually worked out for me as a, an opportunity. Like, uh, like I said, whether it was my commissioning and later on moving up in service also, I, I remember that uh, things came to me which even I thought, oh, it is a cha very challenging situation. And I had all the option to, uh, you know, uh, kind of turn down that uh, so-called opportunity. And But it certainly appeared a big threat. But uh, it came to me and uh, I said, okay, let it come. And I got uh, to learn from there and I moved up. Like I have been uh, the mess secretary in, uh, in one of the very reputed uh, Indian Air Force commands messes. And where, where I was only a small member of the committee, you know, a very small member, which is called a accommodation member who would look after the accommodation part of the messes. From there, I became the kind of working, uh, you know, biggest working partner in that, uh, in the commercial parlance, uh, so that I was running the uh, entire affairs of the mess. So, and that taught me so many things. You know, you could call it, like I said, I would call it a seven-star facility, which I was managing. And uh, I, we had, you know, so much of uh, high-ranking officials. So I would learn everything. So uh, as an administrative officer also, you are kind of in charge for uh, virtually whatever is happening on ground. Like my last appointment, I was uh, in charge of security. I was looking after medicine. I was looking after schools. I was looking after commercial establishments uh, on the base. So everything, I mean, environment was my baby. So sports uh, were under me. So virtually I was looking after everything. So it uh, you know teaches you so much in terms of 
business entities if one wants to follow and i certainly will have been a very good learner so i have lapped up the opportunity and there are various uh, refresher courses which uh, although are oriented to uh, for you to be groomed and uh, learn and for your growth in the service but yes they are certainly much much beneficial at uh, certain stages we have courses which give you degrees in pal you know at par with uh, which is called mphil which is called uh, you know masters in uh, various uh, streams masters of finance masters of uh, uh, other managements which are available in various courses so there is tremendous growth and uh, you mentioned there about uh, like the organizing the schools did people have to bring their full families when you were on different bases or how did that operate? Oh, yes. So, so in the Indian Air Force, uh, generally we've been lucky. So uh, most of our bases uh, have the establishment where families can come in. Although there are certain challenges in terms of housing and stuff like that, which obviously would be, uh, like I said, everything is, you know, transitionary. Uh, so things keep moving. Uh, yet you can keep your families so people do whoever want to bring depending on where the place is located like uh, i have done few tenures where i had to stay away from family because my children were at some stage of education where i couldn't risk them to you know risk to take them to that place like i have served in port blair i have served uh, my last uh, station was uh, you know in northeast where uh, my children couldn't go so and how long would you be how long would you be away for yeah so so it is uh, you know the tenures are generally about 3 years so anything between 2 to 3 years uh, minimum that is so you will have to stay away um, but yes uh, there are you know far too many opportunities that your families can join when they have break you can take a break and go time permitting which generally happens so things are things are not uh, difficult there in terms of schooling and and um, uh, there is a, you know a, a centralized um, kind of uh, you know schooling system which is available which are called earlier it used to be called central schools now they are called kendriya vidyalayas so kendriya vidyalayas do give you an opportunity uh, you know at par or all, all across the country to have the same syllabus you know similar kind of uh, sessions except uh in far northeast where weather permitting the cycles to change otherwise generally it is the same um would you find like when you were away for a long spell obviously holiday periods take a come to you could go to but would you find that it was hard to reconnect with the family when you're aware away that long all right yeah that that's an interesting one so and i, I have option to you know uh put my guards up but yes what i would tell you is that towards the later part yes it does happen you know like now i am in bangalore so and uh, it was from 2000 and 2011 that i had to move out of bangalore when my children were at the crucial stage uh, like in our schooling system we have the first uh, major uh, exam is at when your children are in 10th grade now we have a new education policy which is changing all that uh, but otherwise it was 10th and then 12th then you have 3 year of graduation that is how we move our schools are secondary school 
then senior secondary or higher secondary if now it would be called again so so my children were at that stage so and uh, i was away so slowly i realized you know and uh, i value that uh, and i keep telling people that live and live that moment uh, although my children were grown up but still now i feel that i have missed that part you know you never know that was very crucial stage of their teenage when they were moving so where probably my requirement was there and also i realized when i came back home yes sometimes you feel that you are a guest around here so <laughs> uh, it it does happen not all the time although i would be speaking to my family on every day basis i was very lucky i wherever i was uh, communication was not an issue and i made sure that i would speak to my wife who was uh, tending to the children at that crucial stage so i knew she needed if nothing at least to offload you know mm-hmm. so i would speak to her at least for for an hour if not two and uh, yes with children it wouldn't be that regular uh, it would be some high hellos because they have their own priorities mm-hmm. but like you said uh, when you get back home you do realize that you know there are some some unseen um, probably barriers which have come in there you know yeah. where where uh, you where your bonding is slightly affected yes it does happen okay now getting in the military side of things so if we look at you know when there's to say war if we if we look at what happened say in iraq and you know they were basically told weapons of mass destruction which was you know it's been proved it was a lie but the the military are acting on the orders of those above is like is there cases where you know what you're being told to do is wrong how how can we fix that system because normally you're trained not to ask questions i'm assuming that's the way that it works and it shouldn't be like that because at the reality is if you look deep within if you're told to do something where they're bombing cities in syria and around the world killing innocent people like how can we change that system okay so so uh you know if you look at our geography so gen- and generally what has happened around here uh, is that um, and especially in while being in the air force you necessarily uh, did not have to do probably what the us air force has to do or what nato forces are doing so we were slightly lucky there so not to be part of that so yeah. uh, yes yet there are occasions whereby you uh, generally set to think that is this right and is there a conflict mm, uh, like i told you over oh, the period of time uh, at least in the indian air force we have you know uh, we've maintained us um, our pace with the time and we have evolved we, although our management techniques all those remain same yet there have been lot of you know behavioral aspects which have been covered as a matter of fact uh, we have something called as uh, c labs you know uh, which is center for learning uh, for behaviors so where whereby lot of uh, you know research is happening and uh, we do um, we are evolving so uh, in the air force indian air force uh, necessarily we've not had situations whereby you had that conflict uh, still there are certain times 
and uh, there has been enough liberty for anybody to ask questions and do get replies sometimes those replies may not be very convincing so and uh, uh, at the end of the day um, you know uh, i am trying to think where i i had certain conflicts like that uh, which probably you know made me think twice before executive and executing an order so uh, i generally have done that and people have stood by me you know uh, i i do remember where i had to undergo and i mean uh, there was a inquiry because i did certain things which actually were right the command was also like we call it lawful you know you are expected to obey the lawful command so the commands were also lawful yet uh, there were certain issues and uh, my organization and my bosses always actually uh, stood by me although i was given to understand at one point that okay you know mm, we may have to mm, under compulsion although in principle everybody knew that there was nothing wrong but they said we may have to you know uh, give you a, a warning kind of thing but then i realized that my boss in the command headquarters stood by whatever that i had done or whatever was done by the uh, organization and uh, we generally haven't had that kind of issue but again coming back uh, i think uh, quite a bit of when i go back quite a bit of that training does help you where uh, if i may use the word some bit of some of bit is brainwashing too so it can happen it can happen that uh, you are uh, you know and it's a long training in our case uh, it's it's the training is pretty long you know it is about a year training year long training so there is enough to kind of write a new slate you know on your subconscious mm. so probably that helps uh, yet yet uh, i think at the end of the day somewhere uh, are i would call you know what would i term them uh, even the national policy has those values which probably we had imbibed you know in the defense forces as our uh, you know fathers and uh, grandfathers who got us freedom did write certain things and uh, very interestingly i was just reading a piece yesterday whereby um, and you must be aware uh, in the present scenario uh, the whole of china issues in the uh, ladakh region is happening in india where china is being aggressive and it is said to be violating the uh, line of actual control and stuff like that so somebody had written a piece uh, or it is a old piece which was circulated on the social media which said that uh, the first prime minister when he was given the hint of this situation uh, i mean right in the beginning when they said okay we would have a defense policy like this he said uh, we are a non violent nation <laughs> so we don't require a defense policy like that so we generally i think uh, have been little lucky but yet uh, the army has to the indian army does face uh, this dilemma whereby certain times uh, i think you have that conflict my younger brothers in the army and he is in the fighting forces as an infantry man and he has served in the valley for a very long time he served in the northeastern part of for a very long time and uh, he has some interesting tales to tell 
uh, whereby there are there are some small conflicts not not major ones i don't think we've had situations where you would have that major conflict and if uh, that happens you are to answer the last part of your question uh, what would you do about it so if that happens um, i think uh, people have had the liberty to you know uh, put their foot firmly on ground and say okay this is not right and i am not going to do it that is one now how do you mend if things are going wrong i think it depends on the individual you know from person to person it does matter but by and far we are a very democratic forces and uh, people have uh, you know people think twice before passing an order also which may not be lawful so so we are slightly lucky there it's a pity that it's not like that around the world because uh, yes yeah. you you are certainly very true and it is not like that all across so what kind of corruption would you have seen in the military side of stuff what would you... oh again i think uh, what i would uh, say is that you know it goes back to my psyche as a non violent nation so uh, where if you have read mahatma gandhi so uh, we you know there are few pillars that we have banged ourselves on which is you know honesty integrity and uh, stuff like that so we've been uh, there i wouldn't say there is no corruption and things don't happen but generally um, one is uh, as i put it in a very simple term is that uh, we are too scared to be corrupt because we are so democratic you could write a letter and start an inquiry in the indian armed forces by the way you know and uh, i'm talking of the indian air force uh, although the policies uh, the government policy says that if uh, the complaint is anonymous it need not be actioned yet yet if if even if there is a complaint or any sort of complaint whether it is verbal or written uh, i being an administrator have found that uh, it is taken cognizance of and so uh, people think twice yes uh, uh, i would say you know in the very higher bracket there have been cases in like the like the other forces we not been kind of uh, we also have been there whether you call it augusta westland scam where a helicopter deal was cancelled vip helicopter deal and very recently there were a lot of uh, issues raised during the rafal deal uh, but nothing was proven so and small bit of corruption here and there i think uh, it has you know become a, i would say operational hazard but generally 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 uh, people are honest and if they are not honest they are far too scared to get into a corruption <laughs> you know like uh, like i was saying if i have to put it lightly i i am honest because uh, you know nobody tried to corrupt me <laughs> so so nobody 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 even dares to corrupt anybody so uh, that is where the you know lucky factor lies especially uh, you know at the lower rung of the ladder at the grassroots level at the higher level uh, um, i am not too sure uh, how 
is it happening because like i have uh, uh, i'm also privy to the whatever information is available in public domain and from there whatever little i know um, there have been some kickbacks here and there in the past but there have been uh, you know cases which you could uh, probably count on your fingertips so well, not many and and not too blatant also not too blatant so where where you think that uh, these scams uh, probably are designed you know like we all are hearing these days uh, vaccine is becoming a big scam so <laughs> there's there's nothing of this sort which probably uh, maybe maybe we've not thought of it and few who have thought of it are probably not around and they've not tried to deal with the defense forces so you may know few names that i'm talking of which are which uh, pe uh, people are absconding from india so but not in the defense i think and uh, with the current situation is uh, is india in lockdown as well like the most of the world uh, yes uh, we are we are certainly and like i said uh, you know we are uh, i would say we are still a big ignorant lot you know so uh, when i think back we are very happy with what is being fed to us and we are very convinced we have very small requirements and uh, our i will not try to say that our uh, you know level of educational literacy is limited to only uh, earning bread and butter for our, ourselves uh, yet we are far too uh, i would try to you know call it uh, far too satiated with as long as my things are being met around me so i am not really interested uh, about lockdown like, like i would like to tell you something which is very personal here is that uh, the place that i am living is so psyched up that it has been more than 5 months that people have visited each other people have not stepped into each other's homes for last 5 months plus okay. they're only connected over probably the telephones and some calls here and there there have been no social gatherings except for one which recently happened on our independence day where i did go but uh, otherwise yes it's uh, uh, quite quite a sorry state the effects of it uh, i'm keeping my fingers crossed as to when would they come out in terms of you know econ i mean impact of economy impact on education impact on your social bonding itself imagine today i am i have started to think as a matter of fact i was just discussing it with my son uh, who's a young lad that uh, you know in the times to come the way we are being psyched up tomorrow i would say oh i could manage to you know go for a wedding with four people not required <laughs> because you're not bonding slowly i don't know where it would you know take us as such our interpersonal relations were slowly being affected whether you call it by complexities of life of social media too much of materialism you know and stuff like that or uh, getting into a psyche where we started to feel that if i have my material needs i don't need anybody so why should i be interacting with people you know and over the period of time since there was no requirement some of our basic qualities have diminished like qualities of acceptance qualities of being tolerant qualities of uh, compassion you know which was there in the larger families 
and for which india was known and was being looked up upon you know in the east we had a different culture but slowly we are also accepting what is the world norm i have answered more than what you <laughs> sorry sorry I, yeah. i'm assuming cuz like uh, with dublin uh, two weeks ago and then last weekend like you had millions in berlin and in london as well i'm assuming there was nothing like that in india there no nothing at all nothing at all and uh, you know uh, although we are far too a democratic country but yet um, you know i think uh, we we still are, haven't uh, realized that in our hierarchy of needs where do we want to go you know why i'm saying that uh, it, there, there is a small probably missing link here is that uh, the little that i have read of uh, maslow's hierarchy of need you meet your uh safety security needs then you go to your belongingness and then you go to your super actualization and blah blah here i feel that our safety security needs uh, keep moving the threshold up you know i have a small house then i want a bigger one i have a smaller car i need a bigger one i have you know i was holidaying probably in india now i want to go abroad so and now the link from here i'm going forward is to the business uh, around me and now specifically to the media media would want to sell what is being sold so media is happy probably you know um, where the interest lies where wherever i mean uh, their vested interests are so the moment i think when they realize that their interests lie in some form of gathering and people protesting they wouldn't be highlighting them so but as of now people are very happy staying indoors people are very happy working from home uh if not happy at least you know i wouldn't really call them happy but uh, yes uh, they are fairly okay and people are managing their things in a way so they really haven't like i said they have we haven't reached that stage in terms of our growth uh, that we start thinking of those you know basic rights and qualities and powers that we require like powers of being born independent like i believe in you know energy and soul theory so you are a free soul actually but yes uh, we we are probably those ideas are still far fetched and that those are my priorities actually and lot of us do think in those uh, that those terms to empower the world to look beyond certain things hopefully we would be able to make some impression somewhere exactly um, uh, what about uh, the the un have you any uh, knowledge of how the un works because just from stuff that i have studied it seems like it's kind of orchestrated on one side rather than operating for the betterment of mankind it doesn't seem like it's it, it, in paper it sounds like a great idea but uh Yes. what's your opinion on that one well uh, my knowledge there is limited yet uh, what i would say is that uh, as we were growing up we also always looked up to the un but now we all know you know it's slowly it's turning out to be kind of you know might is right so 
and uh, uh, i hope i am trying to you know make some sense here that we all know how it is functioning you know it is uh, it is bullying it whatever you may want to call it it is either you know my way or highway if you don't toe my line you're not my friend simple as that as long as you keep towing my line yes you funded you do this and and we all know certain pockets how they function and uh, i i am not much aware of the world politics but the little that i uh, keep myself abreast of is that we all are aware how it functions you know and uh, um, why is that happening where would it take us it would be interesting to see maybe at the cost of peril <laughs> maybe at the cost of peril but that is where we are headed to today uh, the probably the you know uh, the general moods is that we've lost confidence in anything you know we've st- the mistrust is slowly you know uh, kind of deepening within us uh, things are available in lot of domains where there is information available where uh, you could lay your hands and you know go over a research go, look into the history look into certain decisions which have happened and whatever is happening although uh, i am very sure that you know it happens in world media also when a certain house doesn't play ball it is said to be anti establishment and stuff like that so yet uh, why does that happen I'm, i i really uh, you know although i would want to think but then uh, i really haven't thought about it that uh, you know what is the recourse but it is no different and uh, look in my country there are hardly uh, there are few programs which are happening um, in terms of development and we all know uh, at the end of the day we all like the other many ngos which work so it has become a air conditioned high paying ngo so that is that is my take of the uh, un there are a lot of programs i i have registered uh, as a matter of fact as a consultant i have registered myself for uh, uh, asian development bank you know and uh, I, so thereby i do you know keep some tab on what are the un projects happening in the world over and stuff like that or maybe within my own country but i really don't think you know uh, we neither uh, encourage them so much nor we've been able to uh, kind of extend our clout over un that uh, we have we have any say so we are like you know uh, like the way uh, our country is maintains a balance kind of neutrality at every cent mm. so that is the way it is and uh, you mentioned neutrality because ireland was you know in theory neutral but the the your the eu has created a super army called pepsco mm. I'm not sure if you've heard of that. Yes. And Ireland, they voted in, the, the the government voted in. Most people haven't a clue about it. And now they're going giving billions. And my fear is that you're creating this super army. Armies want wars. Very true. Uh, you know, when you, when you speak of that, uh, it does come to my mind that uh, we too, I'm not too sure if I would want to use the strong word as uh, are creating certain things like that yet i uh, i have a feeler 
that we are headed that way slowly it would be you know uh, like most of the part of this uh, superpower west the capitalist uh, would be taking some decisions you know i i think i'm trying to you know, uh, if you would read between the lines you would understand that uh, the way we are going in terms of yes we were a closed economy and then we opened our borders and uh, you know we started inviting a lot of things and uh, we did away with the, we actually came in with a lot of reforms in terms of businesses in terms of ways of doing business and slowly um, it appears that uh, we are headed that way whereby um, uh, there would be some houses which would have some say in uh, maybe running a country mm-hmm. i'm not too sure uh, yeah. i'm not too sure you know i do believe in the power of numbers and uh, probably the energy so um, i would want to believe that it wouldn't happen yeah. but let's see let's see how let's does see. it turn out yeah. um another question there it is is uh, indian a nuclear country yes we we are a nuclear country okay yes because the one thing that when i was researching that a few years ago that startled me there was over between all the different countries you know china and the usa uk france germany the amount of testing on nuclear bombs was like over 2000 and like that them testing that were done in the environment some were done in the water some were done on the lands and that's going into the ecosystem and you know it's unbelievable that so much testing was actually done mm-hmm. so so in our case uh, from the little knowledge that i have of uh, the events that took place and we were uh, you know we were very late in um, uh, developing those uh, uh, establishment like i said uh, we we were formed uh, the nation started out on uh, the basic foundation of non violence so that was uh, the way you know we sought our freedom and it was uh, actually uh, it strengthens the belief in the energy system and the basic form of uh, the energies that when you start believing in them and when you start working on them it can happen that an idea like this nobody would have imagined that uh, any country would attain freedom with non violence we did that mm-hmm. yes we had uh, yes that time we didn't have so much of number but we still were good in numbers and we were ready to sacrifice ourselves we did lot of people laid down their lives into actually millions so uh, so uh, having started from there it was very late when our uh, whole you know uh, policy took a small shift from there and started to become like now also we have no first use policy right but at the same time slowly very slowly there are uh, you know very little signs of we starting to become little assertive otherwise we still are a nation which you know li- tries to s- take take uh, you know uh, some blow and say okay lyle okay we'll take like presently also uh, the recent development in last few days has been that china crossed over into our territory on the 9th of uh, on the uh, night of 29th and 30th and then again on 31st and they were pushed back and we still are we whereas a week from then 
uh, we have uh, a new staff, I mean, head of the combined defense services, uh, which is a, a kind of a body which is going to coordinate between all the three forces who said that we've had enough and now if China sh uh, violates and shows some aggression, they would be amply replied. But still we are maintaining peace. We still talking. The whole country is shouting as to why are we talking. But we have, you know, those are uh, probably our guidelines and our policy of um, uh, dealing with the aggression to certain stage so so we did not have so many tests as to uh, affect the environment uh, it was and uh, when when we did that also there was a lot of camouflaging which was done because uh, us uh, was monitoring whatever was happening around in this region i'm talking of when we went nuclear so it took a lot of courage to defy us then and go ahead and do that where probably everything, every monitoring agency in the US was kind of, you know, eyeing in with all magnifying glasses, but still, uh, so there were not many, much of uh, damage done with that. Yet there is far, far much, dam far more damage in terms of other aspects of new, you know, environment. You call it, like I call it a vicious circle. Everything that is happening around you is generally controlled by somebody at the end you will find the you know uh, the chain would end with somebody some big shot it it may be a political big shot or it may be a big shot who's connected to somebody who is in the policy making who has some cloud somewhere whether it is our education you know privatization of education whether it is uh, big businesses like automobile whether it is big businesses like the uh, you know uh, or anything to do with the environment or in terms of health in terms of big chains uh, are all in control of people who have some say so if they have uh, probably the vested interest everywhere if they are creating a disease they are the ones who are manufacturing something to counter it mm -hmm. so they have interest everywhere so that is how it is happening. And uh, um, I, my knowledge on the environment issues is not too great, uh, whether it is carbon emissions and stuff like that. But yes, uh, we are damaging in our own which way. Uh, and not much is being done in terms of, you know, a policy coming out, which says, which tries to curb this or which tries to, um, kind of, you know, uh, creates an awareness in the masses to understand that how damaging it is for your generations which are coming by. If there's no drink today, I, I don't know what I'm eating. And half, half of my uh, illness is because of what I'm eating, drinking and breathing. Yeah. And I don't even realize it. I don't even realize it. So uh, we are a very happy, ignorant lot, you know, so, and we've decided that this would be our least priority, actually, which should be our first priority. We're not wanting to educate ourselves. And that is where, like I said, people like me and few like-minded people would want to do this. We would want to create this awareness in all forms, wherever it is, in terms of own self first, then it comes the environment, then comes the nation, yes, certainly. So 
hopefully we are able to do something for humanity totally agree with you totally agree with you so and no, that was very interesting on the war side so before we finish up you you've got a podcast you might tell the listeners what your podcast is about okay yes so podcast is again uh, actually is an idea to create awareness so i like i said i started out as a coach and uh, as a resilient lifestyle strategy coach and uh, in terms of creating an awareness i am using this medium of information which is available to us and especially the uh, social media so i said why not address the issues which are left kind of unaddressed because i had lot of clients who would come to me and like i have you must be having a fair bit of idea of uh, what kind of people we are so my clients would come and tell me that they have, have a serious trouble they've hit the wall so what is the recourse if you're working oh, okay quit your job maybe take another job they said we can't do it sometimes the industry the whole industry is plagued with a similar problem so what do you do so i said uh, then as a coach um, you know why am uh, you paying me for what if uh, you not you know getting a resolve for certain things they said no talking to you and uh, discussing certain things we take back some value which helps us so i said why not come up with an idea whereby i bring guests who talk of challenges in the workspace various kind of challenges in life challenges in growing up challenges in relationships which can help the listeners and people who watch it to give them some tips in the way of light hearted conversations which uh, you know they would want to listen at the end of the day sometimes uh, just to relax and uh, when they want to hear something meaningful so that was the whole idea to behind starting this podcast yeah beautiful i think it's fantastic idea so uh, how can people get in contact with you oh yes great so i like i keep telling uh, uh, i can't run away even if i want to you just google my name this is vinko chao <laughs> so uh, since i'm enlisted and i'm a pensioner i'm always available you know my records are available in public you would find the date of commission you just google my name vinko madar satyendra chauhan it is there but anyways you can uh, get in touch with me on linkedin with the name vinko madar satyendra chauhan and my facebook page with the same name and profile and my podcast page which is know your happiness how with vinko chao and i have instagram account and youtube channel and all those places i'm trying to trying to establish a, a, some kind of visibility hopefully it works perfect listen vinko it has been fantastic talking to you thank you very much for sharing your time pleasure pleasure was mine i hope i could add uh, some value to the conversation and uh, yes in the times to come maybe we would have something more interesting uh, for our listeners and viewers to look for the time on awakening so that's that's all for the awakening podcast you'll find all the episodes on awakeningpodcast.org we've also got the speaking podcast and the meditation podcast that can be found on roycolm.com all episodes now are on bitchute and youtube so be sure to give us a, a thumbs up five star rating and share with your friends until next week take care There's a time